Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There we go. Yes, everything is okay. Hi, everyone. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to the you to the this the this channel that maybe some of you aren't used to coming over to youtubecom slash Hayes Because right here tonight, I am taking over for uh for for the fightful NWA into the f- power into the power <laughs> into the fire post show. I'm Mr. Warren Hayes, of course. Welcome here. We're doing this. Uh, we're doing this essentially because, well, you guys probably already know about all this stuff that's happening over on the Fightful YouTube account. If you haven't, well, Sean has many, many recaps. A lot of stuff set up where uh, he's he's gone through the whole thing. Essentially, you can look it up on Twitter and on Fightful.com. Go check that out. You know the shows, everything that we've done in the past is still archived there on fightful.com or at fightfulpods.com you can check it out there i'm not going to get into it sean's on the case regardless but you can go check it out if you're not quite sure why you're here or what's going on exactly but we hope that the that everything will settle up really really soon and that we'll get back to streaming full-time over at fightful.com uh, fight uh, youtube.com slash fightful i mean in the meantime if you want you can uh, uh, uh if you want, you can subscribe to uh, youtube.com slash SRS Wrestling. That's Sean's channel. Just like this is my channel, SRS Wrestling is Sean's. Doesn't belong to Fightful, but he's doing some streaming over there. I'm doing some streaming over here. Trying to keep everything flowing as naturally for, for all of you who support Fightful through all of this. And we appreciate all your support. And another and, and if you keep want to keep showing support for Fightful, the best way to do it is is to head on over to Fightful Select. You can get a whole bunch of extra content. You can get all sorts, tons of stuff. Tons and tons of stuff. Extra content that you can't get 
uh, off of Fightful. You you get Q&A sessions with Sean. You get uh, Alex Pulowski, Sour Graps, the only wrestling review show that positions itself very clearly as entirely negative. Um, you get uh, Stephen Jensen who does the Weekender Report where he talks about everything not related to uh, WWE or AEW. There's a whole bunch of stuff there. Go check that out. And it remains the best way to show support for Fightful. I know a lot of you may be used to Super Chats and stuff like that, but uh, there's none of that on my end. So really head on over to FightfulSelect.com. And we're going to get into NWA Into the Fire, their first pay-per-view since... Since launching the the uh, the power show, the weekly YouTube show over on on their YouTube channel, which is still alive and going. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna talk about it. There's a uh, there's a couple of things that happened tonight, didn't they? But we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I I, I can see you guys in the chat. A lot of you are excited about it. Got to tell you, it it I'm I'm a. I, I'm a little surprised myself, but let's get to it. We're going to start. This was the first show uh, that had Stu Bennett, uh, the former Wade Barrett on commentary. Um, again, uh, off of the uh, the uh, the release of Jim Cornette. Again, or the resignation, right? I'm not going to get into all those details. It's been covered. It's been talked about. I got to tell you, I mean, you can do a lot worse than Stu Bennett for sure. Bennett hasn't been really involved in wrestling in any way, shape, or form since uh, leaving WWE. But um, uh, one thing's for sure: uh, well, he has done he has done some stuff like for the former uh, What Culture uh, Pro Wrestling uh, WCPW. That's right, WCPW slash Defiant. I know he did some stuff over there. If memory serves me right, he was their GM for a while. But he's been very much on the outskirts. So, I mean, good for him. It's good. I like him. I've always liked uh, his presence. I like what he... Uh, he's a fantastic talker. You can do a lot, lot worse than Stu Bennett. But i got to tell you, in the NWA environment, you know, which is... It's very locally based in Atlanta, Georgia. Having Bennett's deep British accent accompanied with his baritone, his deep baritone... Sort of changes the dynamic a little bit, but uh, still, nonetheless, I thought it meshed very, very well with uh, with Joe Gali. Um, I, I like the little tweaks that they brought to the presentation uh, tonight, just to make it feel like it was a pay per view. I mean, they're still in the same uh, in the same studio setting for Power, but they did do some tweaks. Instead of the uh, well, first and foremost, there was entrance music. For the for for the uh, for the wrestlers, that already there is a plus. But then on top of that, they had them come down from uh, from the top of the of the rafters, down the stairs and into the ring, as opposed to usually they just come out from behind the curtain and wave and get into the ring. So a little extra something to add uh, to add to the production value, just to make it feel a little more special. I liked it, man. I don't know. If you guys noticed, or if it if it dawned on you, but the NWA ring was really loud tonight. Like it was really, really loud. Did, uh, I mean, 
as many of you know, if you, if you, I'm not a big fan of the overuse of chin locks and whatnot, but holy crap, when the rest holds set in, it weren't just a rest, they weren't just a rest for the wrestlers, they were a rest for my eardrums at the same time, they were a, they were a welcome break. <laughs> um, but then at, at the same time, you know, the, the ring, just because it sounded so loud, it also sounded very, very fierce. It sounded mean, unforgiving. So it just added a little something there. I thought, um, but I man, I, <laughs> at first it was really, really distracting. First match we're going to talk about, Eli Drake defeating Ken Anderson in a solid opener. Um uh, Anderson hits a rolling Samoan drop, easy uh, Samoan drop slam early on. Um, he uh, Drake avoids an air raid crash. Anderson goes up top and Drake, uh, Drake quick like a cat, goes and meets him up up top. He uh, tries to go for a superplex, but Anderson blocks it. Anderson tries to powerbomb Drake then, but instead Drake just drops down to his knees, keeping his, his shoulders uh, keeping his knees on Anderson's shoulders, basically pinning him and getting the win a little bit out of nowhere. It was a fine. It was fine. It was the, it was a quick match. Good warm up. The crowd was hot. The crowd was ready. Well, the crowd, the the NWA power crowd every week is, and I know it's taped. It's fine, but the crowd is always hot for for NWA. It was super hot tonight. Uh, they were ready for for a match. What the match wasn't very long. I thought the right man won. Uh, yeah, I think Eli Drake has a lot, a lot of upside, and um, and he there's a lot of uh, benefit to him having a push, uh, as opposed to uh, just about anyone else, <laughs> really. Um, he he's a fantastic talk, talker. Uh, he's a great worker. I think we only saw just a, a smidgen of what he's able to do here, um, because he could he had some really good matches and impact. So I thought that this was fine. Of course, this would not be the this would not be the end of it. We'll talk about that when we get there. Dave Marquez uh, is standing by and he welcomes Nick Aldis. Dave Marquez is bringing back the long lost art of the wrestling straight man, the wrestling straight man interviewer, where he where his job is essentially to feed a line to a wrestler so that the wrestler can bounce off of it. But he does it with a certain, uh, he does it, he doesn't overwhelm. His personality isn't huge. It doesn't become about him because it's not about him. It's about the wrestlers. But he does it in a way that's extremely, that that's extremely charming. That's full of personality nonetheless. Dare I say a little like a certain mean Gene Okerlund where he does have you know he does have a color to him. He's not a post. He's not a he's not a mic stand, but he also gives the wrestlers more than enough room to breathe, and that in in about itself is a lost art these days. Um, Nick Aldis gives a <laughs> Nick Aldis gives a great raw raw speech about the NWA. I'm being facetious. Just kidding. It was really good. It was um, it's a promo that he kind of gave before on the first night of Power. Uh, he really got the crowd whipped into a frenzy, so that was that was really good. Second match of the evening that we had was Tasha Steeles, or actually Thunder Rosa defeating Tasha Steeles. 
Uh, Steels has been wrestling since 2016. Uh, she, her, her main uh, stomping ground is women's re- uh, wrestling revolution. She had a bit of experience in Ring of Honor, wrestled a couple of matches in Impact as well. She cuts a promo before the match starts with I think what which I think was a smart thing to do since a lot of people a lot of people are unfamiliar with her just give her a little personality make her come across that she's not necessarily to be considered a jobber and she says that they, she's finally here to add some flavor to the NWA I can get uh, I can get behind that It was a brief but really kick-ass promo I thought it was I thought it was very very brief and very effective. I think Steels is a good call for the women's division. Thunder Rosa's chops, man, they are sharp. Boy, oh boy, when she laid into Steels, she hits a hesitation drop kick while Steels is caught up in the tree of woe. The tree of woe. I'm okay, guys. Trust me. <laughs> um. Uh, she does, um, uh, Thunder Rosa does this, does a carrying Romero special. So basically sets up the surfboard, but instead of laying on her back, she sort of lifts her opponent up and walks around with her. I thought that was, that was neat. Thunder Rosa gets the win on Steels and uh, starts beating her up some more when, until Ashley Vox runs in to try and make the save, but that's no good. Thunder Rosa gets the upper hand and overextends her elbow. So at this point, Ashley Vox's condition for her tag team match later on in the evening is questionable. Again, this was a short match, but uh, I liked it. I thought it was, I, I thought it was fine. And Thunder Rosa keeps coming across as a star. She is so, so good. Her strikes are phenomenal. You can tell that the MMA training that she has is carrying well into wrestling. When she throws knees, when she throws strikes, they look good. They look hard. I'm okay with it. Next, we had the question mark accompanied to the ring by... Student Stevens, because it it has been revealed that Aaron Stevens is now a student of Mongrovian Karate. So Stevens accompanies his sensei, question mark, with a gi. Not only with a gi, but with a black belt. That's right. Aaron Stevens, maybe like three weeks into taking up uh, Mongrovian Karate is a black belt in Mongrovian Karate. Third Dan, if they call them Dans in Mongrovian Karate. I'm meditorializing here. I'm not quite sure. I'm Perhaps I'm being a little presumptuous. Uh, so it, to me, like, I'm not, probably a lot of you are saying, well, Mongrovian Karate is phony, Warren. It doesn't exist. Of course Aaron Stevens would get a black belt for a phony style of fighting. Well, to you I say, well, how do you know it's phony? Maybe Aaron Stevens is just a natural at Mongrovian karate. Maybe he is 
the second coming of the question mark. Maybe he is the next great master. You don't know these things. Anyway, they, they come to the ring. Aaron Stevens is with uh, is with him, takes the microphone with the question mark, and he, he tells the audience that uh, he that uh, it is time for the question mark to perform to perform for the very first time on American soil, the Mongrovian flag dance, accompanied by a rendition of the Mongrovian national anthem. He also adds uh, to the fact that uh, the question mark was the 1992 a cappella champion of Mongrovia. Um, question mark starts to sing the anthem in a guttural throat type rendition. Trevor Murdoch interrupts. He wants his match, but we have the we have the flag unfurled in the background, right? We have the flag which corresponds to the. The, the colors of the question marks gear. There's also, there's an ostrich. And if we're breaking this down a little bit, and, and you know, you know, with me, right? It's all about the details. Question, attention to detail is very, very important. So from what I'm understanding from about the, the very secretive nation of Mongrovia, their official colors are green and white. And they apparently have two official animals as well. They have an ostrich and what appears to be uh, an armadillo with a horn. A unadillo is what I have decided to baptize the animal. And it turns out the question, and there's a question mark on the flag. So the question mark isn't really a question mark. He's not like a, it's not like a, a, uh, a, a form. He's, he's not punct. He's not celebrating punctuation. He's in fact, Carrying, wearing the symbols of his country. Just like um, Rocky Balboa wore Stars and Stripes trousers when he fought Drago. um, Question mark wears a question mark on his head as a symbol of pride for his country. I think this is all magnificent. Uh, so Trevor Murdoch comes down. Like I said, he interrupts. He's got enough of, of all these shenanigans. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of these phony baloney kar- uh, karate strikes. I-, I love it until Murdoch gets in with some chops. He hits a missile drop kick. Um, Murdoch actually goes up to the top rope and there's a flag carrier there with the Mongrovian question mark mask holding the flag outside the ring. And, Trevor Murdoch grabs the flag and tosses it to which the audience responds with boos. They did not like that. It was a heel thing to do, Trevor. I don't know what you're trying to do, but clearly you're disrespecting another culture that the NWA fans want to know more about, actually support. Um, This allows Aaron Stevens to run some interference and uh, Murdoch eats the double spike to the throat. Uh, question mark gets the win. I'm all the silliness aside. I love, I really, really love how the question mark leans into these absurd, you know, foreigner gimmicks or 
foreign fight styles, there, more like it, that were very prevalent in the 80s, you know, where you had a guy like Nikolai Volkov, who wasn't really Russian, but, you know, acted and played the part and tried to come up with these mannerisms. This is what, this is clearly what they're aping here. It's a love letter to these things, where he's doing these karate chops that don't, that no real karate practitioner would say, yes, yes, you're spot on here. But we're we're driving the fact so, we're driving it so hard, driving the fact so hard that this is karate and we're, we're accepting it as as such and he's just because he's winding up before giving like a a throat slash oh he's he's this master he's this karate master i love this it's just it's 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 a love letter to over the top wrestling characters that we were supposed to buy in at the time because of kayfabe and we you know and we likely did i thought i thought this was fantastic I love I love the question mark. And clearly the live audience loves the quest- the question mark as well. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching this live right now on uh, on uh, on my channel here youtube.com/mrwarrenhayes, think about giving a like to the video. That always helps gets the word out a little more and feel free to share it out on your social media as well. The more the merrier is how the old cliche goes because I couldn't think of anything more original to say. The Rock and Roll Express defended successfully their NWA Tag Team Championships against the Wild Cards. They come to the ring with Eddie Kingston and Homicide, while Wild Card are accompanied by the Dawsons. Um, the uh, you know what I I like this match more than I thought I was going to like this match. It, it it worked out really well. I thought there was this one moment where they had um, uh, there was an opening spot with Latimer and Gibson, which was a little iffy. Uh, they were doing um, uh, where they were they were doing like hop over spots with Gibson and, well, and not just Latimer with Isaacs as well. And I thought it was a little uh, it, it came across. It was contrived, of course, but it was a little rough on execution and I don't think the effect they wanted out of it was was uh, was uh was achieved. There was a Death Valley driver powerbomb combination by the Wild Cards which was really cool. Royce goes uh, Royce Isaacs goes for the cover but he isn't the legal man and I like that you know, the uh, I I like that in in the in the situation where the referee's like no dude you didn't you you didn't tag in go over a, a get out of the ring. And I liked how, you know, the wildcards were like, oh yeah, okay, you think we can't tag ourselves in? Instead of just having Latimer run in and cover, Isaacs went back to the corner, Latimer get, got back into the ring, tagged Isaacs back in, and then Isaacs went back for the cover. That's very, I like that little, that little tidbit, a little arrogant right there. I like that. And I also like the fact that the referee was paying attention long enough to be like, no, 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 this isn't going to fly. So that's also really good. A lot of talk about referees and tag teams these days. Ricky Morton uh, hits his dive. He hits his Canadian destroyer. I've seen, I've seen that for, uh, I've seen that quite a bit now this this year because I I've seen it in GCW. I've seen it 
in uh, I've seen it on AEW. I've seen it in New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's kind of la- lost its luster by now. I mean, not to get not to take anything away from a sixty year old pulling Canadian destroyers and doing suicide dives. I'm I'm not taking anything away, but I've at this point I've seen it. Um, everyone starts fighting on the outside. When I say the uh, everyone, I'm talking about the Dawsons and. Uh, Homicide in Kingston, but the cameras aren't picking it up. The camera work was a little iffy here, and uh, you know I'm going to I'm, I'm going to give him uh, uh, give him a bit of leeway. They don't have the production value that the WWE has. It's not the same setup, and they don't usually do live shows. So you know, th- there were a couple of blown spots here by production throughout the evening, but we did miss the finish here, where Isaac's got distracted by everything that was happening on the outside and gets rolled up for the win. <clears throat> outside of that, like I said, this match was above anything I thought was going to happen. Surprised that the Rock and Roll Express retained. I thought they were going to flip that back, but good if they keep uh, good on them if they keep this one going. The um, I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to tell you, Ricky Morton right now. He's he is the Rock and Roll Express. He's doing all the work. Gibson is, uh, and there's probably very good reasons for it, but. Robert Gibson is just not in there. We're back on pay-per-view on January 24th. In a little over a month. Back on pay-per-view for the NWA. And they will be bringing back the television title. And I think I'm okay with that. They brought out the old title. Still looks still looks really good. But I'm... I, I'm still going to have a take a minute to try and process this and just get a better look at everything cuz right now NWA already has a mid-card title in the national title. They're adding another mid-card title in there on top of the uh on top of the um the tag team titles. Is it already too much for the size of the roster? I'm not sure because on the other hand NWA is very, very focused on the wrestling aspect. So you want your wrestlers to wrestle for wrestling reasons, correct? Oh, correct. So um, maybe that, I mean, it kind of makes sense on that point as well. If you're going to have your wrestlers feud, might as well have them feud for titles, right? Eli Drake then comes out to talk to, uh, to Marquette. He's basically looking to position himself as the number one contender. And he says uh, that Ken Anderson... He says, Ken Anderson, tonight he saw what, what was going on. He he came to the ring. He came to fight me, looking to pump my gas. And he said, pump my gas once too many times to make it, starting to make it feel uncomfortable. Anyway, Anderson punks him and attacks him, wraps a chair around his neck, drives him into the post. This feud is not over. Allison Kane and a surprise partner defeated Melina and Marty Bell it was revealed then that um, that Ashley Vox was injured, could not compete in this tag team match. Allison King came, came down alone. Melina and Marty Bell were asking her to forfeit the match because they didn't want to do a two-on-one. But, oh, Allison K was ready because she had a surprise partner in ODB hitting the ring, coming down with her flask. 
And I thought this was a very solid match, um, especially the parts where uh, where Kay and Bell were going at it. Allison Kay has some great Stone Cold esque uh, stomps. She really does. They look really, really good. She takes uh, Bell over rather decisively until a double team uh, puts uh, Allison Kay as your baby face in peril for the for most of the match. But ODB eventually does get the hot tag in. Comes in with some shoulder tackles and a great fallaway slam. Hits her Bronco Buster, getting all the hits in. And Allison K hits, gets the MK Ultra in on um, uh, for the win. And uh, that that was that. It, it, not the longest match, but super super effective. Not hide the fact that Allison K and Molina, excuse me, Allison K and ODB. Let me start over again. Allison K and Marty Bell did most of the heavy lifting in this match. We didn't see much of Molina. Uh, and ODB, her time in the ring was perfect, played to all her strength. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. There was a little smoke and mirrors going on, but it wasn't too, it, it wasn't uh, shoved down our throats. Everyone looked good in the match, but we do have to point out that Kay and Bell did all of the work. Allison Kay is real damn good. She is really, really good at professional wrestling. We need to underscore that. She was fantastic. Ricky Starks, Aaron Stevens, and Colt Cabana fought in a triple threat match tonight that ended with Aaron Stevens becoming your new national champion. I liked how Stevens comes out and everyone's booing him. Then all of a sudden behind him pops out the question mark who raises his arms and everyone starts to cheer and he thinks the cheers are for him. I love that. I I love this, this completely lost... Aaron Stevens, who of course wrestled in his flesh-colored trunks. Cabana and Starks uh, uh, double-team Stevens to begin with. Stevens then crawls off behind the commentary table. There's some good grappling. There's a good grappling sequence between Ricky Starks and Colt Cabana. 
until Starks takes Cabana down with a flying crossbody that Cabana actually reverses into a pin attempt. Now, there's some referee re- d- uh, distractions here that happen. The, the question mark distracts the referee to allow Stevens to hit a low blow. But it's a triple threat match. And I mean, I, unless there's a, a discrepancy in the rules re- that we're all used to everywhere else... There's no disqualifications usually in a triple threat. So I don't know why, what was the, the deal with all these distractions and sort of added a layer that wasn't necessary here. Um, question mark takes down Cabana on the outside so Stevens can get to work on Starks. Uh, he hits a nice snap su- suplex on Starks, but Starks fights back with a great sling blade. There's a couple of wrestlers in WWE who should be taking notes of that, of that uh, sling blade. Uh, the faces hit some double atomic drops at some point on Stevens as well. Uh, Starks hits a shotgun drop kick on Cabana and lands in a senton position on Aaron, on a fallen Aaron Stevens. I thought that was good. His tornado DDT was really good as well. Cabana goes for the Superman cover, but he eats the spike to the throat by the question mark. While the referee is distracted, again, it doesn't matter. And you think that Aaron Steve, uh, excuse me, you think that Ricky Starks will be able to reverse out of it, but no, Stevens, who was hiding like under under a, a, a riser skirt, little riser where the commentary is, while he was hiding under there, he sneaks his way into the ring, pins, and gets the pin, becomes the national champion, and I said it on Twitter, and I'll say it right here on the record. Change the strap color to flesh colored, you cowards. Make it happen, NWA. Customize that for Aaron Steven. It was this was a fun match. I really, really dug this match. Had a lot of time to it. It was good. We have uh, Dave Marquez uh, talking with uh, with Tim Storm. One of the two refs before the match was saying, basically, you know, I've never refereed a match before, but I'm going to do it because I'm all about the NWA and I want to make it proud. Sounds fair. That's what we're moving into our main event where Nick Aldis successfully defended the NWA World Heavyweight Championship against James Storm. It was a two out of three falls match. Uh, There were two referees assigned to this match. The first one being Brian Hebner. The second referee uh, for the first fall is what I'm saying. The second fall was Tim Storm. And in the event that a third fall would happen, just in the event, you never know, might not need one. There'd be a coin flip to determine who would referee that final final pin. Uh, The first fall came fairly quickly. Uh, There was some back and forth between the guys until Camille comes out to distract all this. And Storm hit the last call, got the very first pin, um, got the very first pin on um, on Aldis. So that happened fairly quickly. I liked how Storm just stayed on top of Aldis and started punching him. Referees had to pull him off. But we start the second fall, and they brawl into the crowd. James Storm suplexes Aldis real hard onto the floor. And this is the floor. I'm not talking. There's not a mat. There's nothing. 
He just drops him right to the floor. And that was a legit thud. There was no no thigh slapping. That was back on whatever it is. Joe Galli said it was concrete. Probably some form of linoleum. Uh, Aldous whips a storm into the Christmas tree at some point, and I think it was pretty funny here because Stu Bennett was actually afraid about storm getting electrocuted by the light bulbs. That thought was pretty funny. But storm stayed in control for the majority of this second uh, this second fall. Aldous fought back with a an overhead belly to belly suplex. Storm hit the eye of the storm, but Aldous kicked out. Storm. Um, uh, James Storm then goes for a chair, brings it into the ring, but into the ring. But Tim Storm talks him out of using it. Mama Storm's baby boy. He's the conscious. He's the conscience of all the wrestlers in the NWA. He is the wrestling dad. Everyone listens to Tim Storm. This causes just enough distraction to for Aldis to get a backslide on uh, on James Storm, but then James Storm gets out of it. There's a bit of back and forth in a small package where Storm tries to roll up um, Aldis, but Aldis sort of flips over and he gets the pin. And here's one thing here that I really really liked, and that, that I've liked in NWA for the past well since it started. There's a lot of out of the blue roll up wins, and they've pinpointed here tonight in that in the story of this match again. They uh, there's a lot of surprise roll up pins, and this would actually this actually added to the drama of the third pin because usually, I mean, when's the last time? That's not true. Let me start over. I was gonna I was gonna say something that was gonna be false, but there's on. A lot of the other promotions, let's say WWE, you don't see many out-of-the-blue roll-ups actually working. And NWA, they actually, they the end matches quite frequently, or at least more frequently than anywhere else. So when you see them, you actually get excited and you're like, ah, this might actually happen, as opposed to like, bleh, he'll kick out. All the, So there's the, there's the uh, coin toss that happens and Brian Hebner is going to be the uh, the referee for the third pin. There's a Michinoku driver by Aldis, a backstabber by Storm. I love how the pace really picked up in this third fall. You could really feel the sense of urgency for both guys. Aldis hits a superplex, covers Storm, who kicks out at two. Aldis avoids the last call. Storm rolls out of the figure four attempt. And you're and 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 this is followed by by a couple of. Uh, small package attempts that left me on the edge of my seat. I thought it was fantastic. Storm applies the figure forward that the figure forward, like it's a car, right? He applies that. He applies the figure four himself, uh, but Aldis gets out and Aldis accidentally lariats Hebner down. So Tim Storm comes out to finish up the match. Aldis gets sunset flipped out of the corner, but as he's doing so, he yanks the top turnbuckle off. Storm covers him, uh, uh, folds him over to cover him. Aldis kicks out, which sends James Storm into the corner, the exposed turnbuckle. He hits his head there, and he drops. Whop. Like, he's done. 
all this gets a gets him into a, a Boston Crab, but James Storm is unresponsive. So Tim Storm ends the match, and your and Nick Aldis retains. That was I like this match. And here's something that I want to say to everyone out there. Everyone out there who keeps saying on Twitter, you know, I hate the flippy stuff. I I can't stand I can't stand the young bucks because of this. I can't stand uh I can't stand the goofiness, you know. I why are people kicking out of super kicks and stuff like that? NWA is made for you. Because here here a superplex can still end a match. Here super kicks are dangerous. Viciously dangerous. They're match enders. The big moves come off as big moves and they all seem threatening. So if, you know, NWA not only leans into the old school formula of wrestling in its presentation, it leans into it as within its wrestling product itself. So if you ever hear that on Twitter anywhere, or if you're someone who, who doesn't care for it, Never mind the stuff that you don't like. Come focus on what NWA is doing. This main event was great. It was really, really great. I'm going to tell you something else on top of that. There's a lot of talk about NWA or alternatives. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I'm delaying talking about you know who. I'm coming to it. I'm doing it on purpose. There's a lot of talk about alternatives to WWE, right? And a lot of companies, or at least one in particular, is positioning itself as an alternative to WWE. But what I saw tonight is truly an alternative to WWE. And it's, a, it's an alternative to anything I'm watching right now as far as broadcast television. You know what I mean. It's on YouTube, but you guys know what I mean. Wrestling, as far as a, a weekly wrestling show. It's really like nothing else. The pay-per-view was essentially an extended, a bigger NWA power. We're still in the studio. The undercard matches are short. They're punchy. And the main event, the main attractions, they're longer. They're more drawn out. There's more drama and more story to them. It's essentially that formula. And it's done at a pace that doesn't give you time necessarily to take a big breather and sit sit back or or go to the bathroom. The pace, it's match after match after match and there's always stuff happening. Every second counts in NWA. And that, because of all those reasons, to me, defines NWA truly as the real alternative to anything else that's being done on a weekly basis in wrestling right now. It really, really is. The style, the presentation, the execution. It's all there. So let's talk about the end of the show. Aldis gets a post-show promo. He says that the younger version of him would have said, this is my ring, but this is our ring. It belongs to the NWA kind of thing. And he says, after tonight, I am confident That no man alive can take this from me. The lights go dark 
And I'm like, it's the butcher! The bu-. No, I'm sorry. The lights go dark. A very familiar timber of music is played. Accompanied by the extremely familiar whoop whoop. Marty Skrull shows up. And the crowd goes bananas. Twitter goes bananas. Everyone just lost it. He comes down to the ring, or he he walks down the uh, he he walks down the stairs, gets to the ring. All this comes to meet them. They have a stare down, and that's how the pay per view ends. Boy, oh boy, there's a lot of people who are shocked by this. A lot of people thought that Marty Skrull's trajectory was clear to them. Marty Skrull, of course, was at Final Battle last uh, yeah, last night. I'm going to talk about that uh, in, in a couple of minutes. He was at Final Battle last night, lost in a match. Um, you know, there were rumors that his contract was up and that he, he just had that date to honor. Weren't quite sure what, what they were going to do. What he was going to do after, clearly NWA is in his trajectory. A lot of people thought he was going to go meet up with his buddies. Now, we don't know what the status of his contract for NWA is either. We don't know We don't know what it is. Maybe he has the opportunity to play, to play, in, to play different fields. I don't know. You don't know. That's the point. And that's what made it exciting tonight to see him because we don't know what's going on. So we, we'll see what happens as, as the weeks go on. But as it stands right now, I don't know why more people didn't see this coming. Just this April, Skrull challenged all this for the NWA Heavyweight Championship at the Crockett Cup. So it made sense. And it makes sense to see these two guys in the ring. They have history. They have that history. They actually started training together. So, but when they were in England, so... All there's there's a lot of stuff that you can tap into here to tell the Aldous Skrull story that is really, really interesting and is going to be refreshing. It's going to be nice to see, like, have Marty Skrull hanging around somewhere that doesn't have also Will Ospreay, you know, and go back to that well. We're going to have a brand new well to sort of get some to get some water out of. I think this is exciting. And I'm going to add another little something here. I talked about this on my show uh, this Thursday, which you should watch. It's on this channel. Why don't you subscribe if you're not already? I talked about Marty Skrull's next move, what it could potentially be. And everyone was so convinced that he'd go meet his friends. I'm, I posited the, the, the hypothesis, a complete theory, that maybe, just maybe, Marty Skrull isn't in that much of a rush to go meet his friends. Because right now, let's be honest, in AEW... It's stacked right now. I don't see where Marty Skrull could fit in really, really easily without bumping someone off, without moving or the bumping someone off. Wait, this is gonna murder him. Moving people are off of the card right now. You know, the Bucks, Cody, Omega—they're all on the top. Adam Page—he's floundering a bit, but they're gonna find a direction for him. He'll turn incoming. That's my prediction. Where does he go there? And it reminds me a lot of when. The Outsiders left WWF to go to WCW and form the NWO. And then Sean, uh, Sean Waltman, X-Pac, 123Kid, 6, whatever you want to call them. When he moved over there, everyone 
was saying, well, Shawn Michaels is going to end up there as well because they're all friends. Why wouldn't Shawn Michaels want to go to WCW and get the big paycheck and the, and the uh, reduced amount of dates? Why wouldn't he want to do that? But he didn't. Probably because Michaels saw what was going on over there and said, how am I going to fit in? How am I? I have it made here. And that's kind of Marty. I'm pretty sure Marty Skrull's not an idiot. And if I'm Marty Skrull, if I'm in his shoes... I also have a good amount of buzz. I am an indie darling. Wherever I end up, it will create buzz, interest. Maybe I should go the maybe I should go fiddle around in other pools before jumping into before jumping into the ocean with the other sharks. You know what I mean? I think it's an I think it's a good move, regardless of how you see it. I think it's a great move by Skrull to do this. He can still end up in AEW. That's not the question. I'm not saying he's never going to be there. He can still end up there, but he's adding to his prestige. He's adding to his name, his value. If he be- if he becomes a real draw in NWA, well, that's a little more negotiation power that he can bring when he heads on over back to anywhere else, AEW included. And it's a brilliant move on NWA because, because, they are clearly still connected with what is going on on the independent circuit right now. They know who the indie darlings are. They know who the indie stars are. They know who hasn't been signed and who has been signed. And they're not going to be just the old school wrestlers. They're going to go get fresh faces, newer stars, stars that have that, uh, that, have that buzz about them and bring them in. So to me, it's also a good sign of awareness in regards to NWA. I like the show for the reasons that I that I gave you. It feels like it really felt like a real alternative. Man, it is so great to have a pay-per-view uh, feel to feel satisfied watching a good pay-per-view. Two and a half hours later, it's done. I like this. Give me more, give me more of that. Told you we talk about uh, just uh, talk about Ring of Honor real quickly. Go over the results a bit. In the pre-show, we had Dalton Castle and Joe Henry versus Silas Young and Josh Woods. Um, Young and Woods defeated uh, Henry and uh, and Castle. We also had uh, Kenny King. Um, we had Kenny King defeating Rhett Titus. Um, which I saw a little bit of. It looked pretty hard-hitting. I liked it. Uh, but I, I watched Dan Matt versus uh, Jeff Cobb. I, I, I watched the, the pre-show a little distracted, uh, distractedly, uh, quite honestly. But Dan Matt versus Jeff Cobb caught my interest. This was a good, hard, slappity-slapping fight. I liked it. Jeff Cobb defeated Matt, which was a good decision. Because if you're not hanging on to Marty Skrull, if you, you being Ring of Honor, if you have been unable... To maintain Marty Skrull in your midst, push Jeff Cobb. Speaking of Marty Skrull, he and Flip, Flip Gordon defe- were defeated by Flamita and Bandito. This would clearly come off as a self-fulfilling prophecy here. I thought this match was really good. It was my favorite match of the night. It was a great way to kick off the, the pay-per-view officially. Uh, and everyone just delivered here it was so good. 
so so good. I wonder what the, what's going to happen with flip uh, to flip now. I really do. Vincent defeated Matt Taven. This was fine. I think it continue. Obviously, they're continuing their feud, which is a, which is a good idea. This was a fine match. It was solid, well executed. Nothing to say. Love the angle at the end. Um, uh, love the angle at the end where uh, where they basically what was the uh, they have Bateman come over and they do what's that movie um, a misery they do the misery thing on Matt Taven's ankles basically putting a block of wood and slap <laughs> you've seen that movie right guys um Mark Haskins defeated Bully Ray and this was dull as a post and it was it, at this point, it was the longest match of the evening, and it did not. It was so so plodding and dull. I d- did not care for it. Alex Shelley defeated Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana shortly afterward announced that he was done with Ring of Honor. That he was moving on tonight. On uh, on into the fire loses the national title. Ooh, there's a lot of interest if you're asking your boy here. I'm very very curious as to what his next step is here. Just because he lost, I mean, it's just a question of circumstance at this point because he loses the title on one. Says he's done. Not he loses a match on one pay per view on a Friday. He says I'm done with the company. Loses the title a uh, title on another pay per view in another company on a Saturday. We don't know what's going on. Very, very interesting stuff. Maria Maynick beat the shit out of Angelina Love. And I am okay with this for many reasons. But we're going to stick to the principal reasons. That's because Maria Maynick is a star. Sean was telling me last night when we were doing the SmackDown preview, he, he uh, post-show, he told me about the match. He said it's fantastic. She squashes her. She just dominates her. And I saw it and it was real, real dominant and real, real good. And Maria Maynick comes off as a million bucks. It was so good. It was a perfect squash match. If anything, my only quibble, too long. It was just a little too long. But Angelina Love got nothing, nothing in this. But if I'm Ring of Honor and I... Again, I lost Marty Skrull. I can't seem to keep my people. I am strapping a rocket to Maria. I'm putting her in intergender matches. I don't care. She has everything to be a huge star. Angelina Love is trash. Um... Let me uh, really quickly here. Uh, Dragon Lee defeated um, uh, Shane Taylor for the uh, the, the television championship, uh, and uh, this was really good too. This was another fantastic match, really really good. Uh, if uh, again, there's rumors that Shane Taylor is also done with Ring of Honor, and you know we couldn't ask for a better way to leave the company. This match was great. Um, Jay Lethal and uh, Jonathan Grisham defeated the Briscoes to become the tag team champions. This was good as well. Briscoe's not as wild as they usually are. It wasn't as wild as it usually can be, but uh, 
This was good. I liked it. It was it was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. As opposed to the main event where PCO de- uh, became uh, Ring of Honor World Champion by defeating Roosh. Um, this was a, this was the opposite of the Smoke and Mirrors match that I was talking about earlier in, in, in NWA. This was a Smoke and Mirrors match that was made to protect and hide PCO's shortcomings, his age, whatever you want to call it. And boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, they could have shaved, they could have shaved 10 minutes off this match. It never felt like anything special. It didn't lock into anything. Um, I mean, because basically a PCO match is he takes stupid amounts of punishment, right? That's essentially it. It was just too long. I think there was a pretty big mismatch here. And it's a really, look, good on PCO for reinventing himself, coming back to a business that had effectively written him off. It's a big deal. And he has to be happy about that. And he has to be happy to finally win a world title in Ring of Honor. That's good. I'm good for him. But it's still all very questionable booking decisions here. Hey, thank you all very much, everyone, for joining me this evening here on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes for the Fightful NWA Into the Fire post show. Leave us a thumbs up here if you liked it. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed because there might be more stuff popping up over here. Sean and I, we're, we're going to see how things keep going forward. We're going to try our best to keep you guys, give you guys the, the content that you know and love over at Fightful until the Fightful YouTube channel comes back. So we can't thank you enough for your support. Keep tweeting out to YouTube and um, on Twitter. Let them know that you want Fightful back. I sure do. Well, Fightful's not gone. The Fightful YouTube channel is what I meant. Fightful's not going anywhere. Uh, Again, thank you all so much, everyone. And I'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.